We are back from the holidays, pitching to contact, back for a whole new episode. First episode of 2019. Happy New Year to all of our listeners, unless you're a Chicago Bears fan. Um, big, big year coming up for us. We have a lot of great guests. We have a really good one today. Uh, but first of all, Pete, first podcast of the year. How's it going, man? Um, first off, I just want to say rest in peace to the Chicago Bears. Um, Cody Parkey is a former Cleveland Brown, and I feel in your sorrows and sympathies. Other than that, I am doing great, Richard. Just enjoying the new year. How about you, man? You've been like places, bro. Dude, I was on a beach for the past two weeks. It was awesome. And um, I was actually watching yesterday's game, and I have zero emotional connection to these two teams, yet I'm just sitting there just heartbroken for an entire hour. Um <laughs> That's just, that's just the beautiful thing about how the playoffs work. But right now, um, it's my roommate's birthday tonight, so I'm just going to be pre-gaming the entire podcast. So oh, we're going to cut it short when I just know I have to stop. Wait, whose birthday is it? Is it Malik's? Yeah, Malik's birthday, man. He's 21. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, Legal boy. everywhere. Oh, boy. Oh, it's going to be a wild night. Yeah, his girlfriend just dumped him like two hours ago, so. On his yeah. birthday? I know it's horrible. On his wow, wow. Oh, dude, lots of alcohol is about to get consumed, man. Oh, dude, man. Oh, man, dude. Tell Malik, I'm. I, I feel for him, man. Yeah. I feel. Him. Condolences go out to the homie. But anyway, to the Bears fans and Malik. <laughs> there we go. But anyways, we have a really fun episode planned for today. We have a guest in uh, in the house for this episode, Anthony Franco. He's a writer for our collegiate baseball scouting writing team. How's it going, dude? Uh, good. Not as good as I guess you've got things going right now, but um, happy oh, to be on and uh, just been back, you know, from school for the holidays. So awesome, man! Hey, Anthony, yeah. um, real quick question: Are you related to James or Dave Franco? Uh, so I like to tell people that I'm related to James, but unfortunately, no. Are you are you are you the, like the less the least famous of the three brothers, but the best looking one and the one that doesn't smoke as much weed? I'm not sure I meet any of those descriptions. Least famous for sure. What he's asking is, are you the fourth ball brother? Oh, dude. But but that just means Anthony Franco hasn't hit his, hit his prime yet. Oh, man. Oh, man. But, and, anyways, guys, um, I'm two beers in right now, so we're going to keep this going. Uh, let's talk about our vacations first off before we get into baseball. I was at a beach. Pete, what were you doing? What's there to do in Cleveland? Um, there's not much to do in Cleveland, to be honest, especially Joe, when it's the yeah, winter. Joakim Joe Noah agrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't remind me. Um, <laughs> you know, no, it was good, though. Got to spend a lot of quality family time with a lot of people. Honestly, I did a lot of baseball stuff, and now I'm back. I just got back to BG yesterday, and the semester doesn't start for a few weeks, but baseball individuals start back up next week. So it's yeah. time to get time to get everything fired up for the 2019 spring season, man. Just, you know, Very just cool. grinding it all away, man. How about you, Anthony? Are you are you a student, by the way? Or yeah, so I'm in I'm in law school actually uh, at Boston College. Um, oh, don't sue me. Hmm? I said, oh, don't sue me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not planning on it. Uh, yeah. No, but I'm in Buffalo right now, uh, back with family. So had a family vacation in Tampa for a couple of days to get away from the snow, which was nice. But right. Anthony, what is there to do in Buffalo? Uh, nothing. We got abandoned steel mills and snow and some chicken wings. That's about it. Dude, you got the Buffalo Bisons. You have Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Yeah, we do. We do. Now, I'm not going to be there long enough, I don't think. Or he's not going to be here long enough. 
Oh, hell no. Uh, for me to see him, because I imagine he'll be up in, you know, about two weeks once he figures out his defense. So. Mm. Oh, yeah, right, the defense. Yeah. Um, I am so excited. Oh, Vladdy Guerrero is going to be such a really – he's going to be such a good baseball player. He's going to be better than Mike Trout. I can't wait. <laughs> have you seen the video of him dancing, though, is the real question. Dude, have you seen the video of Bo Bichette hitting dingers in the Bahamas? Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty – That was pretty. Uh, how, how, how crazy was that? Yo, Anthony, do you know what I'm talking about? I have not seen that, but I got to look it up right now. Dude, I think it was like some sort of prospect home run derby in the Bahamas. And then um, and Bo Bichette looked so good. How good was that swing, Pete? It was just beautiful. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not even trying to just kiss up to you right now, Rich. I'm just going to be honest. That swing was, that was really nice. Dude, how good are the Jays going to be in like 50 years? <laughs> well, well, you know, uh, if Mark Shapiro is in office, they will be an 80-win team. Oh, my God. Oh, he went back-to-back. He won last year, too. There we Defending oh. champ. Oh, there we go. Dude, Bo Bichette is going to be like the second best player in baseball yeah. right behind Vladdy Guerrero. And number three is going to be Danny Jansen. I just can't yeah. wait. Yo, Richard, you still haven't answered my question, though. You haven't, have you seen the video of Vladdy Jr. dancing? I have not. I have no idea what you're talking about. Dude, look it up. Just look it up. Like, like trust me, dude. Like, you're just going to be like, this guy can hit, but he also can very much dance. Is he good? Because oh, very good. Muy bien. Muy like, bien. Like he's a bit on the chunky side. Like he he can move. Yeah, no, he can move. Hips don't lie. Well, I mean, he kind of needs to have good hips in order to swing. So I mean, oh, like, that is true. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, you know, that's a great call right there. But yeah. anyways, Anthony, um, you're on our writing team. Um, I know you've done some work for Fantrax. Uh, you're one of honestly, you're one of the best writers we got. Like I love reading your stuff. Um, kind of tell us um how you got into it. Um, how did you start with fan tracks? How did you start with the collegiate baseball scouting network and what are the plans for you, I guess, after law school? Yeah. Um, well, the plans after law school that I don't know, um, try not to think about the job market for that, but, um, I got into fan tracks about two years ago. Um, just got an email actually, cause I had some fantasy leagues with them already and they sent out like a mass email to their users talking about, you know, they were starting up a blog and wanted some writers and um, just sent out an application for that. We had a writing sample. And so I got on for that. About six months later, I saw the the CBBSN post on the uh, Fangraphs, like mm-hmm. um, job postings or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I applied for that, sent in a couple of my Fantrax writing samples. And then Lance called me a couple of days later and I was on pretty quickly. I didn't <laughs> didn't know actually much of anything about college baseball going in, so I was a little nervous. But oh, geez, great! Was that one of the interview questions that Lance was like supposed to ask? <laughs> uh, I don't know. He didn't ask me when he oh. called me. Though I told him like straight out. I was like, dude, I, I don't I don't know anything about college baseball. If that's going to be a problem, he's like, no, no, we're just looking for for talent right now, and um, you mm-hmm. know, you can kind of figure that out as you go along because we're not expecting to have a ton of people that are well-versed right away. So, Right. So um, I believe you also scout as well, right? Or is it just writing? Yeah. So I did scouting in the, in the spring um, mm-hmm. for the first time, although the weather in the Northeast was dreadful. And so Brutal. There, was, <laughs> there was a lot of games that got like nor'eastered out. And so right. I didn't really start until basically April. Mm-hmm. Um, covered... Northeastern, Harvard, 
a couple of D3 schools too. Northeastern was actually pretty good. Um, uh, I got Northeast. Wait, North Northeastern. Where is that? Yeah, they. Yeah, they made the. Uh, they made regionals. They didn't fare particularly well there, but they got in. Northeast. Oh wait, is oh man, I, I where is the school again? Northeastern. Yeah, where where's that school? Yeah, it's in it's in Brooklyn, like just outside of Boston. Okay, I think I know the coach who I, I think I know the Brooklyn uh, the coach down there, but I just can't remember his name off the top of my head. But so what what's kind of the preference for you? Is it scouting? Is is it writing? Um, like where's where where does your passion really lie here in baseball? Um, I guess kind of everything, but I I've found that I like mm-hmm. writing more than I than I realized. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a, I never had written before about anything besides baseball. Yep. Um, except for in school, I was a history major. So that's obviously a lot of research and writing, but um, I think that's kind of where, where my passion is at. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Pete. My bad. No, you good. I was just going to ask a really kind of funny question here for a second. So Anthony, you said you're from Buffalo, right? Yeah. Okay, so first off, can you talk to me about this Bills Mafia thing that exists up there with the Bills? Like, Okay, so I am not a Bills fan. I'm from a family of Raiders fans. Oh, that's even uh, worse. Yeah. <laughs> so the Bills Mafia, I have friends that are in the Bills Mafia. And look, I respect it. They're out there in, you know, 10-degree weather tailgating for their 4-12 and team every year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I respect their dedication. Um, but obviously I can't, I can't talk too much because the Raiders have had about one playoff appearance in the last 20 years. So what's what's worse being part of Bill's mafia or Mark Davis's uh, hairpiece? Definitely Mark Davis's hairpiece. Oh (laughs) Oh, boy. That is brutal. (laughs) I mean, Mark Davis's whole look is Jesus, but the four and 12 bills, at least they have the Bill's mafia. What did the four and 12 Raiders have? I guess I guess the hair the hair. Um, they have they have they have John Gruden locked up for another nine years. Nine years at Chucky. Dude, we gotta get into football Vegas, coaching. Yeah, Vegas. Dude, that's where the money lies. We gotta start coaching football and get ourselves one of those deals. Like, oh, yeah, like absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you know, throwing a football and throwing a baseball is the exact same thing. We can figure it out. Oh, it's totally the same thing. You know, kinetic chain. Yeah. Throwing a heart, command, yeah. control, same thing, whatever. We can do it. We can figure it out. But anyways, uh, the, the baseball um, offseason is still going. There's about 86 to like a billion days left until until opening day. Um, some guys are starting to sign. Kelvin Herrera just signed with the Chicago White Sox. Um, There's still the two big names on the market right now are Manny Machado. And Bryce Harper, and it looks like Manny Machado is kind of closing in on on who he's going to sign with. But it seems like Bryce Harper just has no idea. Like what, you know, Anthony, t- talk to me. What do you think is going to happen with these two guys? So I, I think Philly has to get one of them. I, you know, John Middleton was out there talking about how they were going to spend stupid money, and they've mm-hmm. spent, but they haven't spent all that much. You know, they've kind of made sort of complimentary additions with McCutcheon and Robertson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they got, they got a huge hole. Actually, I mean, they traded for Segura, but they could still upgrade a third base over Franco and 
So I think Machado fits, but you could fit Harper on the roster too because they don't really have corner outfielders. So I, I do think Philly comes away with one of them, probably Machado at this point. Harper, man, I have no idea. I, he knows. Yeah, I had initially expected that Washington was kind of out once he didn't re-sign, you know, when they offered him that extension in, in September, I think. But the later it goes, I think the more I lean towards him, you know, Boris talking with Nat's ownership and, you know, they've had some history with Strasburg and maybe, mm. you know, they uh, they want him back and are willing to go to 325 or whatever to uh, – Mm-hmm. bring it back and then figure out the outfield from there. So I guess uh, that's where I'm at. Right. The, f- the funny thing is I remember uh, Pete and I were talking on this about this on our, on an earlier podcast episode. Um, it, it was a few months ago and everyone was saying Bryce Harper's leaving. And I think the guest we had on at the time was like Yankees or whatever. And mm-hmm. he was like, Hey, he, he might stay with the nationals. Remember that Pete? Yes, I do, and I still stand by that statement. I, I think you're the only human being alive who made that prediction, and like it kind of seems like it might happen, right? Like yeah. I think, the, like I think the Dodgers are kind of out of it because, like, if you look at their roster right now, it's just so stacked and it's so unbelievably good that they don't even need them that much. Um, but right now, just I, I think uh, the most latest report, um, somebody said threw out like a super arbitrary number saying that there's a 70% chance that Bryce Harper resigns with the Nats. I, so. mean, I mean, here's the thing with free agency that I always find very interesting about it. Um, anything can change at the drop of a dime any single day. So, like, for example, yes, the Dodgers are stacked. Yes, the Yankees are stacked. Yes, the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies are going to st- spend stupid money, and I completely agree with Anthony that they're either going to walk away with Machado or Harper one way or another. They're not going to spend stupid money on Andrew McCutcheon, which in my opinion I thought they spent way too much on him mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff if they're not trying to do that. But uh, honestly, anything can change at the drop of a dime. I mean, um, why am I forgetting the biggest agent name in Scott, Scott Boris? There we go. Yeah, there we go. Scott Boris. He, if he gets a call from the Dodgers in the next five minutes saying, we'll give you the number and figure that you want, then Bryce Harper's going to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, like, in general, like, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think – I actually think that, yes, Philly would make sense for Machado, and it wouldn't shock me if he ended up there. But you want to know one team that really wouldn't shock me if they landed Machado? I have the Yankees. You have the Yankees, which, once again, that's another team that wouldn't completely shock me, but the sleeper team here is the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, I would not be shocked if the White Sox were, in my opinion, kind of dumb enough to throw enough money and guarantees at Machado that they actually landed him. I, I mean... So, wait, you say dumb enough. Why do you say that? I mean, because here's the thing. Like, I can... I, Trying to piece together the lot because obviously the rumors are true. They are after both Machado and Harper. Um, realistically, everyone is. Yeah, realistically, everyone is. But the point is, they visited with him. They made him an actual offer. Yep. Um, from what we know. Um. So, to me, me just trying to piece my head around it. Yes, they have a lot of very young pieces, and you know they need that big veteran presence in there they need that leader to you know kind of not just bring the fans back into the stadium but at the same time just kind of help them grow going forward mm-hmm. is do you really want to drink the 
Chicago White Sox are a mid market team. They're not a big market team. I just, I'm just, I'm confused as to. Yes, this is a good move on paper right now, but two, three years down the road, say you're trying to take the next step as a team and you're going to need more than just Manny Machado to take the next step as a team. How are we going to fund that? How are we going to move forward that way? You right. Like before I swing it over to Anthony, um, I think the I think the White Sox just got a new TV deal. So oh, did they just get a new TV deal? I'm, I, I'm, I was unaware of that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, Anthony, do you know anything about that? Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, I think I'll, it kicks okay. in in 2020. Okay, so yeah. so they're going to be getting a lot of TV money. And what I find really interesting with someone like Machado, I think he's like 26 right now. Like he's still young and he's still a, like entering his prime. So I mean, Eloy Jimenez is going to come up. Nick Madrigal is eventually going to come up. Uh, Louis Louis Robert is going to come up. Um, Steely Walker, like they have a lot of talent in their farm system right now. Oh, absolutely. And I I, I just think like Kopech is eventually going to come back from his uh, from uh, Tommy John. Uh, Dylan Cease is incredible. Like I I got I got to watch him pitch a couple of times. Um, and I I think that the White Sox just have so much talent in their farm, and like adding Manny Machado there. Like I think it's it makes a lot of sense. Uh, one of the reasons I think the Yankees have a really good chance is one because they're the Yankees. Um, I don't think Miguel Andujar is a really great option at third base. I think he can swing and hit a lot of home runs, but I don't think he's a realistic defensive option there. Um, and I I think I I just don't see how the Yankees make a play for Tulowitzki and just stop there, right? No, I don't see that either. I agree. You know, and like they ha- and they have a lot of money now. Like a lot of their kids, like Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez. I don't like they're not making a ton of money. Like no, they actually not. have a lot of money to spend right now. And I mean, they just signed uh, Zach Britton, like, which is an interesting signing. Um, so I, I think they're very much still in play for a guy like Manny Machado. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, I mean, I would never count the Yankees out on anything, and they they dip below the luxury tax last year, so. I don't think that's going to be something that they want to do every year. I think it was one to just sort of reset mm-hmm. their penalties. And- so I could definitely see them. Um, and especially if they, they don't think Andujar is a, a third baseman long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, and this is just kind of entirely off the cuff. I haven't heard any, any rumors with this, but I was reading an article today actually from, from Eno Saris at the athletic. And he was talking about, he pulled some figures from, Cots and the Twins are down about $37 million, their payroll, from where they were last year. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't heard anything like tying the Twins to either of Harper and Machado. I don't actually think they're going to do it. But I think that that would be interesting because, you know, mm-hmm. the division's kind of – it's down right now. You know, Kansas City's going to be bad for a while. The White Sox are probably not good just yet. Detroit's going to be down a while. and Cleveland kind of took a step back. So I think it'd be an interesting time for the Twins to do something, whether it be one of those two guys or Pollock or Keuchel, something to um, mm-hmm. you know get a little bit more certainty in there and kind right. of threaten Cleveland a little bit. Now, yeah. Anthony, my question for you is, does Machado or Harper take a team like Minnesota to that level? Um, yeah, it's, it's close. You know, I think obviously the Twins, if you just look at it on paper – need a little bit more pitching. Um, but I think 
especially in that division, you know, because they're going to be playing Detroit, Kansas City, and the White Sox, what, 57 times, that at the very least, even if you're, you know, even if they're not quite at Cleveland's level, they should put them squarely in the mix for the second wild card, hmm. uh, which is kind yeah. of open in the AL, so. Okay, yeah, and now and just another question on top of that. Um, Derek Falvey, who is their director of baseball yeah. operations, he also he, he just oversees everything. He's the guy who yeah. makes the final decision on stuff. He's him and basically the entire top half of the Cle- of the Minnesota Twins front office is basically spawns from the Cleveland Indians organization, who right. would never in a million years make a deal like that, especially with the market that say the Indians are in. So. As much as like I completely get logistically what you're saying on paper, it's reasonable. Do we actually think that's going to happen? <laughs> oh, no, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I do think that they'll do something. I know they've done a lot of sort of shorter-term deals with Scope, and they traded for Crone. And they got Nelson Cruz, too. Nelson Cruz. Um, He's going to hit 39 home runs and drive in 100 radius. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I definitely think they're going to do something maybe a little bit bigger I really think that they could be in on Keuchel, who it doesn't seem like is doing much of anything right now. His market isn't that great right now, that's for sure. Yeah, so I could see that because they're starting rotation. You know, behind Barrios and Gibson, it's it's not it's not pretty. So it's nothing really. <laughs> I, yeah, I think they could they could add to that for sure. That's more what I would expect them to do. But again, I think just on paper, especially if they can, you know, if Machado or Harper don't find the 400 million that they're looking for and are looking for, you know, it comes to February and all of a sudden they're pivoting to a three or four year deal at worth 40 million a year. It wouldn't shock me to see Minnesota jump back in, but no, I think ultimately if I had to put odds on it right now, I would say Philadelphia, the Yankees and the White Sox are, would come away with two of them. What what would your pick be? Um, Pete, right now, like one team that you think is gonna gonna sign Manny Machado. Okay, you see, for Machado, it's interesting because, like, it's for me to say one specific team. It's it's saying I value this team more than the other to get Machado. I I all three of these teams are like thirty three, thirty three, and thirty three. To my opinion, to me, it's a battle between the Phillies, Yankees, and White Sox. Mm-hmm. But um, you have to pick one team. I can't uh, because here's the thing. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to say like the Phillies is the safe pick, and then tomorrow he's going to sign with the Yankees. Yeah, or if I say the White Sox, he's going to sign with somebody different, and I'm going to look like an idiot. You can't do it, homie. Uh, okay, fine. He's going to be a Yankee. Dude, we look like idiots every day, so it's totally it's totally fine to just guess right now. And he's going to be a Yankee, and if I my gut is still telling me that unless the Dodgers, well. If the Dodgers want to pay in the luxury tax for next season, then I don't see uh how do I put it? I don't see the idea of Bryce Harper being too outlandish, so we could potentially see that. But if the if the Yankees get Machado, then you better bet your ass that the Phillies are gonna get Bryce Harper. So I mean, that's where Bryce Harper would end up, probably. It would just be so disappointing if um the Phillies get nobody. It would be almost as disappointing as like that the like how a Chicago fan like a Chicago Bears fan feels right now. Yeah, and uh, honestly, with the the thing with the Yankees, um, 
with guys like I, I believe they re-signed J.A. Happ for about three years, uh, bringing back a guy like Zach Britton. Uh, CC Sabathi is still there. So there's going to be a lot of ground balls in, in the infield. And with Didi Gregorius out, I think they need to shore up their infield defense. No, so I, think, so I, I think Manny Machado just makes so much sense to just plug into third base and then hopefully Didi Gregorius comes back um, whenever he's supposed to come back sometime around the All-Star break, I'm guessing. Wait, maybe I'm drawing a blank here, Richard, but if yeah. Didi Gregorius is out, then who's playing shortstop? Troy Tulowitzki. Oh, my God. We're going to do this. Okay. We're going to do this. So, wait. Why? I don't understand. His knees don't exist anymore. His moves are weak, bro. Like, wait. I don't – wait. So, I'm a Jays fan. I got to see Tulowitzki crumble, like, over the past two years. Like, how? I don't understand. Like, Anthony, what is going on? Why did they sign Tulowitzki? Yeah, I don't I don't really get it either. Now obviously he's making league minimum, so you could say that it's it's you know, if there's yeah, no risk and if he's bad, then you I, could just cut bait, but I, just, I don't is he better than Freddie Galvis? I don't know if he's better than Freddie Galvis. I don't think he is. And that's honestly, nice. I take Freddie Galvis's glove right now over Tulowitzki. And, and that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. Galvis offers you more certainty at least. So Yeah. Like I also think analytically, I actually will argue that Freddie Galvis's bat is a lot more projectable, especially in Yankee Stadium, than Troy Tulowitzki is. I mean, I don't really think that bat is just there anymore. Yeah, no. But like, what I'm saying though is that if you wanted to take these, I'm not going to call them turds. I respect them, but if you want to take this and say this thing is shinier than the other thing, I would definitely say Freddie Galvis over Troy Tulowitzki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. I was kind of shocked when I saw that. Like, until Didi Gregorius comes back, just get a dude who can play up the middle and give you reliable defense. And I, I just don't think Tulowitzki can move anymore. Like, he yeah, got- I think Tulowitzki made more sense for a team that was, you know, like maybe Pittsburgh or someone who was kind yeah. of on the fringes of sure. contention and could afford to shoot for, like, well, maybe he's back and sure. play for the upside. But the Yankees... Like you're trying to win right now, yeah. Exactly. And especially if you bring in like a Manny Machado, like, like you need a dude up there, up the middle. Like Jay App's gonna kill you. Like Zach Brennan's not gonna look like Baltimore Zach Brennan. Like back when he was in Baltimore, when he had that ridiculous season, Baltimore's def- infield defense was insanely good. Yes, it was. He was top notch, and that's what you need when you have a dude who just generates so much ground ball action. Like. Well- if you sign Machado, Machado's going to play shortstop unless somehow Troy Tulowitzki beats him out for that. So um, Okay, so if he plays short, does that mean Andohar is going to play third? Probably. And that's not a good like that's not a good defensive option. Like, What would you rather have, though, Richard? Would you rather have Machado at third and Troy Tulowitzki at shortstop, or would you rather have Machado at shortstop and Andohar at third? I'd rather just chop off Didi Gregorius's arm and just have him play short. <laughs> How do you chop off his arm if you can't throw then? That's better than what Troy Tulowitzki can offer at this point. <laughs> there we go. Here's what we'll do. We'll create a brand new shift that we just connect somebody else with D.D. Gregorius, and basically he catches the ball, hands it off to him really quickly, and that guy throws it to first. There we go. I'm sure he can do that. Yeah. Analytics. Analytics. There we go. Um, I mean, we had a pitcher who once didn't have a, didn't have a, a hand, right? Yeah, you're right. You can figure this one out. The Yankees did it. 
Hey, there's a hey, picture no with two arms. There we I go. Mean, like, like Vendetti can pitch with both arms. Like, I mean, if people can do that, then I guess we can make a shift that that works. There we go. Hey, Shohei Otani hit with only one arm, so. Oh, yeah, very fair. He hit with only one arm, but that just shows you how much the body matters in hitting. Yeah. So now going into 2019, let's let's kind of move away from uh, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Oh, but I'm heated uh, now. <laughs> oh, I, I know, but we, we can talk about Manny Machado and Bryce Harper for a really long time. But 2019 is upon us. Let's make some predictions for this year. Like, what are some uh, teams to watch? What are some players to watch? Um, personally, Walker Bueller is one of my favorite pitchers in the world right now, and I think he's going to win the Cy Young. Pete. Um, my, um, well, give us start off. Give us some hot takes for 2019. Okay, hot takes for 2019. Trevor Bauer's winning the Cy Young and the MVP. That's a lot. Um, yeah. No, and I'm being serious when I say that. That is a hot take, Skip Bayless level hot take that I actually believe in. Trevor Bauer is going to do some special things in 2019. Um, on top of that, um, who else? Um, the Atlanta Braves are going to make it to the divisional series and then lose. They're going to win the World Series, dude. No, they ain't. And I'm always saying they ain't because I just want to make you mad. Um, the Indians are going to make it to the first round and lose in three games to whoever wins the AL East. Uh-huh. Um, the Blue Jays, naturally. Oh, oh, great, wonderful. Vladdy Jr. is going to hit 45 dongs and lead them to a World Series championship. Can't wait Dude. for it. Are, um, are you are you not pumped to watch um, Acuna and Vladdy go at it in the World Series this year? I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to Marcus Stroman throwing more flat two-seamers inside the strike zone. It'll be great. Ooh. Yeah, what's, what's the game one pitching matchup for that one? Clayton Richard what? versus Mike Fultonovich? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, Clayton Richard versus <laughs> <laughs> okay. the innings eater versus him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another thing. Why is Clayton Richard a J? Because he's an innings. Because <laughs> but here's here's what I'm confused about. Like the Jays. Okay, Marcus Stroman had a pretty good solid season two years ago. Two years and, ago. So and, and, here's the, and here's the thing. Like. Last year he got hit up. He got hit pretty hard at times, but he also has made like the Blue Jays' defense made him look so much worse than he actually was. Like the Jays' defense was horrible. Like if you look at his FIP, it's like three point seven or something, which is I mean good compared to his like five point a million ERA, right? So obviously our infield's horrible. Our infield. We're gonna have Vladdy somehow play third. We still have De- uh, Devin Travis somehow play second. We don't know who our shortstop is yet. So like now we have Clay and Richard, who's like a hundred percent ground ball. Like what are we doing right now? Well, Clayton Richard is kind of like the left-handed um, Jared Weaver per se. Sure. Of, of baseball, and he's just one of those. Jared legends. Weaver played, yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's just one of those legends that's just going to go down as one of the greatest pitchers of all time. So I don't know what you're talking about. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, what are you guys doing? Um, you're trying to make do with what you have. You're a young team. Yeah, um, I, under- I understand that. But it just doesn't – like the Matt Shoemaker uh, signing made sense. Clayton Richard just doesn't make any sense to me. You can never have too many arms, Richard. No, that's a, no but that's a lie. We can't – like we can't have too many useless – like – when you have a useless arm, like that's not good. Are you calling the legend a useless arm? 
I just like put it this way. Like if he induces a ton of ground balls and our defense is horrible. Like what are we trying to do right now? Like like going into the season, we have Marcus Stroman, who's a ton of ground balls. Aaron Sanchez, if he pitches, a lot of ground balls. Like Leighton Richard, like our defense is going to be taxed so hard. And like Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is not a third baseman. Okay, so maybe the Jays are about to sign Freddie Galvis. Sorry? So maybe the Jays are about to sign Freddie Galvis. Honestly, they should. I wouldn't be mad about that. Yeah, Why maybe not? That, maybe you could do but, that. Um, but, then, but then again, like, I kind of like Lourdes Gurriel. You kind of like him? I love that guy. That guy's going to be really good. Yeah, I'm just, like, kind of skeptical about a, the bat. Like, there's still some swing and miss there. I'm um, like kind of skeptical. There's uh, skeptical, always gonna but... be some swing and miss. It's 2019. Yeah, I understand that. But do you want a guy with like a 310 OBP in in the lineup every single day? If he can hit 25 to 30 home runs and drive in 100 plus ribbies, sure. Yeah, but but the thing is, he won't. And I think ribbies are stupid. Well, ribbies are pretty stupid. But what I'm saying is, is if he can have a WRC plus of like a lot, then sure, thank you. But but do you actually think he will? I mean, I think he has the projectability to grow into that. He's an extremely athletic kid. Yeah, no, Are you he, telling me you wouldn't take Bradley Zimmer on your roster right now? No, I no, 100% I would. But I, it's just like I can't realistically see the Blue Jays having Lourdes Gurriel in the lineup every single day. Like they might platoon with him a lot. And maybe I'm just game. maybe I'm just battling for Guriel a lot because he's my starting shortstop on my Diamond Dynasty team in the show, and he's been ripping it for mm. me. So maybe that's the reason why I'm battling for him so <laughs> much. But no, I actually do like him a lot, though. No, dude, he has gray hair. <laughs> he's got that's, dude, that's dude. His hair is awesome. Like gray hair, <laughs> dude. Uh, when Bo Bichette's gonna come up, like imagine an infield with Bo Bichette's hair and Lourdes Guriel's hair. That's deadly. And then Vladdy with the dreadlocks. Vladdy yeah. with them. Dude, Vladdy has good, like by dread, dreadlock standards, like Vladdy has pretty solid hair. And then, and then who do you have at first base? Uh, we have Justin Smoke. Smoke. We got we got to fix that. Like Justin <laughs> Smoke's hair is just not not good. Like we he can't got have that, that good old country boy buzz cut. Dude, we, the thing is with Justin Smoke, we get we just can't have that hair on like our World Series picture. Especially oh if God, he stands man. next to like Bo Bichette and like Lourdes Gurriel. Hey, um, spoiler alert, Richard. I wish we had like a sound effect for like a for like an air horn or something like that. But oh. the the, the Dude, Blue Jays aren't making the World Series with their starting staff and bullpen. Oh, Sorry. Maybe in twenty twenty. Ken Giles isn't going to save you. Oh man, but um, Anthony, what do you think about twenty nineteen? Any hot takes? Uh, sure. So I like I just for fan tracks. I just read a post on Ozzy Albie's. Um, and how I think he's got sort of that, uh, like, sneaky power profile of the guy who makes a bunch of contact and yep. pulls everything in the air. So I know he had a bad second half, but it wouldn't surprise me if we're talking about him in a few months as, like, a, a down-ballot MVP type guy. Jeez. Um, you know, when you factor in the, the defense and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I guess for that reason – I still kind of like the Braves in that division, even though I'm, I'm wary of their pitching mm. uh, because they've got Albies and Acuna, who I think are both you know, right. stars and obviously Freeman. Um, in the AL, you know, 
I could see the Yankees closing the gap on Boston, uh, especially if they if they make a play in free agency. But even if they don't, just sort of organically, um, you know, I yeah. I do think they'll they'll make a move to fix shortstop, even if it's you know if Tulowitzki struggling. I think they'll strike kind of early to replace him. So I could definitely see the Yankees, you know, taking I the mean, division. Right. Um, I mean, the yeah, Blue Jays have Russell Martin. He plays shortstop <laughs> sometimes. We can we can send him over. Yeah, he can play uh, third, too. You can move on to hard at DH. And, there we go. Um, does, do you guys still have Kendrys Morales? Oh, yeah, dude. It's oh, hard. That's, that's going to be great, dude. I cannot wait for him to see just like his entire leg shatter just by touching home plate. Dude, I, oh, that's horrible. I hope not. But I, I don't um, actually wish that on him. I'm yeah. sure he's a nice guy but, with the family. I don't actually mean that. But, but just imagine having Justin Smoke, Kendris Morales, and Vladdy Guerrero Jr. on the same team. Like, what is going to happen? You act as if that's impressive. And age? No, it's not, no, it's not impressive. <laughs> I'm just like so. I'm so depressed. Dude, I'm, I've been drinking. Dude, I've been drinking beers for the past two hours, and I'm I'm very upset right now. I feel like you should be more upset that Clayton Richard is projected to be your ace this year. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, if Aaron Sanchez's blister problem is gone, I I, I mean, why not Aaron Sanchez? Why not? If but that's an if too, and that's also there's also another if if Marcus Stroman's sinker isn't as flat as a desk table, but yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. You see, you see. Here's what kind of makes me mad about Blue Jays fans and just about humans in general who watch baseball, like okay. baseball watching humans. Um, every time a guy like Marcus Stroman struggles, it always goes uh, comes back to his height, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Because oh, no, I, I know that argument because I have Baker Mayfield as my quarterback here in know, Cleveland. I hear it all the time. You know, and it's just so stupid. Like if if, if you. Like if you throw a flat, like a flat fastball that stays up, it's gonna be hit really hard. And like, here's the thing: like, a lot of ground ball specialists have a really high uh, home run to fly ball ratio, which is which makes so much sense, and people just don't think about it. Like, if you're a ground ball guy, your job is to make sure the ball stays down. So every time the ball stays up, you mess up. That means you're gonna get hit hard, and chances are, it's gonna be a home run, right? Like if you look at every single one, one sec. If you look at, every, I'm getting heated. Give me a second. I, I, I got. I, uh, oh my god. You're out of roll. Really grinds my gears right now. Like, I lost my train of thought. But like, Marcus Stroman is going to be a good pitcher if he keeps the ball down and um and if just the sinker doesn't flatten out. But if you look at every single ground ball pitcher in baseball, they all have a high home run to uh, fly ball ratio. Because whenever the uh, their pitch just goes up, that means they messed up throwing it, and it's going to get hit hard every single time, unless the hitter's just not good at hitting, right? But, yeah, but see, like that's why the typical fan doesn't understand that. The typical fan understands where the beer counter is at the stadium and knows when to boo when you suck and cheer when you win. Like they they don't understand that kind of stuff. For example, here in Cleveland, you think the fans really understand baseball in Cleveland? I have a big – there's like a big page on Twitter now that is like boycotting the Indians because they went and traded for Kevin Ploiecki. Oh, God. Oh, like, man. Like they don't – like because they're mad because we traded Jan Gomes to save us $12 yeah. million. And then we got a Kevin Ploiecki who's going to help insulate Roberto's – I mean Roberto Perez and do basically the essential same exact thing that we did with Jan Gomes 
and mm-hmm. potentially throw Eric Hasse in there right. and save twelve million dollars. So you know we can like spend money on like the outfield and the bullpen. You know places where we need desperate help right now. Right. And these guys are like, no, they traded Jan Gomes. Me. I'm curious, Pete. Are people that are excited for Carlos Santana being back, or are they like, no, Carlos Santana sucks? Okay, okay, Anthony. Here's what you got to understand. You're from Buffalo, right? Uh huh. What's the main thing that matters in Buffalo? Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Not Vladdy Guerrero Jr. It's right. The Bills. The The Bills and the Sabers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing in Cleveland. Every like, listen, we'll sh- like to me. Obviously, the Indians have always been number one in my heart since forever, and that's why it kind of upsets me. But Cleveland is a football town through and through. And mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield has everybody in here. Um, I don't know if this is too too graphic for the podcast, but has everybody creaming in their pants right now. So, in general, we're never like, getting hired. <laughs> yeah, no, we are. <laughs> Future yeah. employers, please do not listen to this podcast. God, honestly, dude, that, that that's not even that bad. Our kids are gonna listen to this one day. Oh yeah, they are. They're like, Dad, but no, like basically everybody is on the Baker Mayfield hype train right now, which they should be because listen, the Browns haven't had a good quarterback in however many years. So, like in general, like I get that, but nobody cares about the Indians, basically. What will happen is, is over the summer, people will show up to the ballpark and be like, oh, Carlos Santana's back? Beers? Yeah, beers? <laughs> oh, we're, we're in the playoffs now? We get to wear red and then protest the logo some more? Okay, cool. That's Well, not protest. Protest the, protest the banning of the logo? Okay, cool. Chicago <laughs> Cubs in the World Series? I thought they were in our division. Oh, yeah, no. It's ba- it's Listen, it, the, like trust me, there's a side culture fit group of Indians fans that are like our level of knowledgeable when it comes to baseball, but that's very much a subculture. The rest of the people list read like what the paper says about the baseball team. And it's typically written by people who like no offense to them really don't know a hoot about anything baseball related. So like they'll see Kevin Ploiecki and they'll be like, Oh, well he hit two Oh seven last year. And we traded Jan Gomes who hit two seventy last year. Me. And it's yeah. like, oh my god, shut up! You don't know anything. But um, uh, if <laughs> so I, can, I was a little heated there. My bad. Oh, it's okay. Um, if yeah. I can just make a quick comment about the Indians. Um, yeah, go ahead. Going back to what you said, I I completely agree. I think Trevor Bauer is going to be a Cy Young winner this year. Um, I know he used to struggle against lefties, and then he just went back, created a slider, and now he's just untouchable. It's actually his slurve. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm just gonna start looking for a new podcast co-host, uh, so <laughs> not but um, I just I just think that he's gonna come back this season even better. Um, he was on uh, Jeff uh, Passan's podcast I think a few months ago, and one of the most interesting things he said is like I'm gonna pitch until like 45, and I'm gonna get better every single year, and I'm gonna throw harder every single year. And then Jeff Passan's like, "How are you gonna do that?" He's like, "Science." And that's, I then like that's correct. Like good answer. The um, driving gods are on your side. Yeah, like I think Trevor Bauer is going to win the Cy Young in the AL. I think Walker Buehler is going to win the Cy Young in the NL. And Braves are some of my World Series picks since like July or whenever I said it. And let's see, my hot take for 2019. It's going to be a not Blue Jays re- uh, related. Oh, please. Uh, thank you. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to try not to be biased. Uh, let's see here. Um, what team is relevant? 
in baseball right now. I think the Angels are going to make the playoffs. Okay, you think the Angels no, are going to make the playoffs? No, no, that's a lie. I was trying to think of like a really, really hot, hot take, and I just lied to myself. What about the um, Phillies? Talk to me about the Phillies. How successful are the Phillies in their offseason binging going to be? Uh-huh. Okay, wait. F- wait, first of all, here's the thing with the Angels. I think it sucks that so- Shohei Otani's gone um, after his UCL surgery, but I think once he's back and hopefully Mike Trout is still going to be around and then Joe Adele's going to come up, and I think what the Mar- the Angels are doing right now like on the player development side is just incredible. Like They're bringing in a ton of uh, very intelligent minds. They're starting to um, really advance themselves and how they just use technology, use available information. So I think the Angels are on the right track, and I won't be surprised to see them in the playoffs in the next couple of years. But to go back with the Phil- to the Phillies, what was your actual question regarding the Phillies? Well, because, like, obviously they're one of the big main players this offseason with, like, Machado and Harper, and they, you know, they're talking themselves up. We're going to spend a boatload of stupid money on things. So I wanted you to tell me how well that was going to work out for them this year. Um, Honestly, like, I just – can't see the Phillies being at that stage right now where getting a Manny Machado or Bryce Harper is going to just take them and put them over the edge. I don't think they're deep enough. That's just my opinion. Like they have Aaron Nola and I mean, Reese Hoskins. He can hit. He can hit. Like it's going to be good to have him back at first base next year. So Michael Franco is still terrible though. Yeah. I was about to say Michael Franco is inconsistent. Sorry. It's Mike hell. My bad. Like Kel Franco is inconsistent. Adubel Herrera is inconsistent. Adubel Herrera has one of the the most like insane swings. Like that, <laughs> like that leg kick. Oh my god! It like looks that. like something you draw. Like when you create a player on the show, and you're like, I want to have the most absurd swing ever. So when I hit dongs, I can just have a killer bat flip. That's like the swing you do that with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, dude. That. Do you know what? Oh man, a double Herrera swing reminds me of Domingo Ayala. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's that's my player comfort for a, a double Herrera. Like I'm watching him swing, and I'm like, Jesus, that's Domingo Ayala. And like, you probably shouldn't be copying what Domingo Ayala does as a joke on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, hey yo, you ready for a big mic drop diss right here? Yeah, hit me with it. Okay, so the difference, though, like, like I know what you're talking about. I see the comparison that you're talking about. Like, if you put a split screen up against them, they have literally the same exact thing. The main difference, though, between Adubel and Alaya is that Domingo Alaya can actually hit. Ayala, man. It's Ayala. Is it Ayala or Ayala? Yeah, Anthony, it's Ayala, right? Domingo Ayala. Ayala, I think, yeah. Pete, what are you doing? Oh, my God. I'm drunk, I guess. I'm drunk on water. <laughs> On, on that note, okay. That note, um, I'm gonna have to go get another beer. Uh, we can talk about this sort of stuff forever, but I think it's right about time to wrap this one up. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, 2019 is gonna be really exciting. Uh, we're gonna have a whole bunch of different guests for you guys. Um, Anthony Franco this week. Um, this has been pitching to contact. Peace.